Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about meniscal tears. And you can find written notes on this topic at zerodefinals.com slash meniscal tears or in the orthopedic section of the Zero to Finals surgery book. So let's get straight into it. Meniscal tears are a common form of knee injury. They involve damage to the meniscus, which is the cartilage in the knee joint. Sometimes they're described to patients as damage to the cartilage. Let's talk through some basic knee anatomy. The knee is a hinge joint. Between the femur and the tibia are the menisci. There is a medial meniscus and a lateral meniscus. The rounded bones at the end of the femur, which are called condyles, do not match the slightly convex areas, which are also called condyles, at the top of the tibia. Therefore, the menisci help the femur and the tibia to fit together and move smoothly across each other. They act as a shock absorber, distribute weight throughout the joint and help to stabilise the joint. So they're very important features of the knee joint. Also in the knee is a joint between the anterior femur and the patella, which is called the patellofemoral joint. The patella sits in a groove on the femur called the trochlea, or patellofemoral groove. The quadriceps tendon attaches to the top of the patella. The bottom of the patella is attached to the tibia by the patella tendon. Contractions of the quadriceps muscles causes knee extension by pulling through the patella and lifting up the tibia. There are four ligaments in the knee, the anterior cruciate ligament, the posterior cruciate ligament, the lateral collateral ligament and the medial collateral ligament. And these all help to stabilise the knee joint. Let's talk about the presentation of meniscal tears. Meniscal tears often occur during twisting movements in the knee. In young patients, this often occurs while playing sports. As we get older, the meniscus becomes more prone to injury. Tears can occur even with minor twisting movements in older patients, for example standing from a seated position with an awkward twist in the knee. The initial injury can be accompanied by a pop sound or a popping sensation. Symptoms include pain, swelling, stiffness, restricted range of motion, locking of the knee joint and instability of the knee or giving way. Pain may be referred to the hip or to the lower back. Examination findings are localised tenderness to the joint line, swelling and restricted range of motion. Traditionally, the two key special tests for meniscal tears are the McMurray's test and the Apley grind test. These are generally not used or recommended in clinical practice as they can cause pain and may worsen the meniscal injury. Let's talk through the McMurray's test. McMurray's test involves the patient lying supine on their back. The examiner takes the leg and flexes the knee. Whilst internally rotating the tibia by turning the foot inwards and applying valgus pressure to the knee, which means applying outward pressure to the inside of the knee, the knee is carefully extended. Pain or restriction indicates lateral meniscal damage. 
The examiner can then repeat the flexed to extended movement with external rotation of the tibia by turning the foot outwards and valgus or inward pressure on the knee to test for medial meniscal damage. Next, let's talk about the Apley grind test. The Apley grind test involves the patient lying prone or on their front and flexing the knee to 90 degrees with the thigh flat on the table. Whilst the knee is bent, the examiner applies downward pressure through the leg into the knee. At the same time as applying this downward pressure, the tibia is internally and externally rotated. Pain indicates a positive result, suggesting meniscal damage. The pain is localised to the area of damage, for example, on the medial or lateral side, depending on whether the medial or lateral meniscus is affected. Again, it's worth remembering that the McMurray's test and the Apley grind test are not generally used or recommended in clinical practice, as they can be painful and they may worsen the injury. Next, let's talk about the Ottawa knee rules. Bone fractures are worth considering as a differential diagnosis in patients presenting with acute knee injuries. The Ottawa rules can be used to determine whether a patient requires an X-ray of the knee after an acute knee injury in order to look for a fracture. The Ottawa knee rules state that a patient requires a knee X-ray if any of the following are present. They're aged 55 or above, there's patella tenderness with no tenderness elsewhere, there's tenderness to the head of the fibula, the patient cannot flex the knee to 90 degrees, or the patient cannot weight bear, meaning that they cannot take four steps, and limping steps still count. Next let's talk about investigations. An MRI scan is the usual first-line imaging investigation for establishing a diagnosis of a meniscal tear. Arthroscopy, which involves inserting a camera into the knee joint, can be used to visualise the meniscus within the joint and it's the gold standard investigation for diagnosing a meniscal tear. Arthroscopy can also be used to repair or remove damaged sections of the meniscus. Finally, let's talk about management. The NICE clinical knowledge summaries on knee pain, updated in 2017, recommend urgent referral in patients with an acute onset of knee pain associated with symptoms suggestive of an acute meniscal tear. Local pathways will vary and this may involve sending the patient to A&E or to the fracture clinic. Key symptoms that are suggestive of an acute meniscal tear include a POP rapid onset of swelling, instability of the knee or giving way, and locking of the knee joint. Conservative management of most acute soft tissue injuries, including meniscal tears, can be remembered with the RICE mnemonic. R for rest, I for ice, C for compression, and E for elevation. Non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs are usually used first line for analgesia in musculoskeletal injuries. Physiotherapy can be used for rehabilitation after the initial pain and swelling have settled. Surgery may be required and this typically involves an arthroscopy or keyhole surgery of the knee joint. The main options are repair of the meniscus if possible 
or resection of the affected portion of the meniscus. However, unfortunately, removing the affected section of the meniscus often results in osteoarthritis. Thanks for listening to this episode on meniscal tears. As always, a big thank you to Harry for perfectly editing the podcast. And I hope you join us for the next episode where we'll talk about anterior cruciate ligament injury.